Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hi everyone, this is Mike. Uh, I had a little trouble with the quality of the audio recordings this week. You will notice at times it will it'll sound a little tinny and echoey. did my best to kind of average everything out. At times it isn't the best that we've ever produced. It's not the worst, unfortunately, but it's not the best. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 184 of The Gatecast, covering SGA Season 1, Episode 17, Letters from Pegasus. I've decided to upgrade him from guest to regular contributor is here. Jeff? Hi, everyone. I'm a regular contributor. Yay! <laughs> Welcome aboard, Jeff. <laughs> and if that sounds rehearsed, it's because I've had 18 minutes trying to get the DVD to bloody work. Yes, modern technology. And actually, according to IMDb, this is episode 16 of season one because they count the, the double episode as one big episode. We don't. No, we go with Wiki. Yeah, Fair good. enough. Good evening, everybody, or good morning in the case of Jeff. As Alan says, letters from Pegasus. I think this is a bit of a fan favourite. You get a lot of time with a lot of characters. In truth, it almost looks like an ensemble show. You get characters getting more screen time than they usually do. And people do sort of fall in love with the minor characters. When you're focusing on some of the core five, it's not as good. We just got a tweet from Idaho Girl, 823. Good moments overall, especially for a clip app. One of my faves from season one. And don't forget the flash of Hero Ship at the end. Ah, I'm assuming she was referring to the last episode we recorded. No, well, this is really a clip show because it contains a lot of, well, clips. Yeah, but what did we record last? I knew what she meant. Yeah, I just saw a clip up and I thought, because I clicked into interactions, I didn't see when it came in, and I thought it was referring to Citizen Joe. It's not an unreasonable error for me to make. <laughs> that was last week. I realise that, Jeffrey. thank you. It appears the Balon 5 station encountered something far more dangerous than the Centauri invasion fleet or anything else. My cat knocked it down off the high shelf it was on and bent it slightly. <laughs> Shadow kitties. What do you want, Cindy? She's been very attentive, affectionate or annoying, depending on how I decide to take it. She clearly wants me to do something. She keeps me up rubbing her head off my leg and then leaving again, occasionally glancing back. Don't get for starting to open the sliding glass door and letting them go wandering out the back. So I've decided to save Orphan Black for... Uh, I was going to save it for this evening, and then I remembered it's Monday, and my Monday is packed. <laughs> I've been able to enumerate exactly how many shows I'm currently recording. And between today and Sunday evening, 16. Which might seem a little excessive. A little. Not really. Well, not to you. We marathon entire seasons of Star Trek in three days. Who does? You do. I don't. Not Star Trek. I've seen you marathon some things. Yes, the NCIS episode I just watched did have a brief appearance by the late Don S. Davis. That must have been an old episode then. I did say season two. Season two, okay. Disadvantage I had yesterday of watching everything on my DVR is I watched everything on my DVR. So I had to revert to stored programs. The only thing I record on a Sunday night is Longwire and Dexter. I see Katie tweeting about Longwire season two. Nice and all got picked up. No reaction to Longmore from Jeff? No, I don't know that show at all. You know what Katie Sackhoff is, though? Oh, yes. Yes, well. Okay. Do you like Justified? No, I haven't watched that yet. Oh. Going to say, if you like Justified, you'll like Longmore. What are you meowing about? Don't sit somewhere else in the house and just meow plaintively rather than come up to me and sort of meow plaintively at me. Silly kitty. 
Hi, this is Kevin Batchelder. And this is the Saturday B Movie Reel. Do something. Shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> That's about describes it. Yeah. All right, everybody stay here. We look specifically at the Sci-Fi Channel's original movies. You know the ones. The ones that air on Saturday night. Being known throughout the ages is an instant classic. <laughs> we need a bigger gator! Uh, limb cutting yes. and blood squirting from... <laughs> Flying limbs, I called them. it in my notes. What could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since they've been over 200 of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD. By this point, I had completely forgotten any semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view. So come on by, get involved, and have some fun. Check us out at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. Our future depends on it. Make it safe. What the hell is going on with you, VLC? You obviously aren't nice enough to yours. No, it's just going... It's not actually... I knew I should have put Linux on this damn bloody Windows. I don't have any trouble. But then again, I learned... Running the latest version of VLC is not always a good idea. Version 1.1.1, June 2011. <laughs> thinking about it. I don't have to keep it on quietly in the background. My friend Naomi says I rarely tweet. I'm thinking, my average is a low because I didn't tweet three years. Clickety, clickety, clickety. I told you I was going to tweet. I can't type silently. Of course, to me, there's some good McKay moments in everyone, but... They usually are. I see. Tactive, yala, pinka, sanke, gentactile, gentactile. I've no idea what you're on about, Eva. Or even what language you're speaking in. Eva Lepenska. So basically, she'll understand what Zelenka's on about in this episode. <laughs> Did Zelenka write his own Czech dialogue? He probably translated it, since he's fluent in both. Yeah, according to the trivia, he read it off in perfect Czech. Well, yes, obviously. Once Upon a Time, Season 1 Blu ray, £16.25. Go away! I have money now, don't help me. <laughs> Season 2, Grim, £28. That can get lower. Just say the word. Open the iris. A little gatecast news. We finally got around to launching this season's poll for the two, yes, two wrap-up shows we will be doing soon. Links for both the Stargate SG-1 Season 8 and Stargate Atlantis Season 1 are on the website and other related sites, and will also be in the show notes for this podcast. On the birthday front, the 23rd of June sees the birthday of Peter H. Kent, who played Kintak and Bakal across three episodes of Stargate SG-1. He's also appeared in Alcatraz, Psych and Smallville. We have two well-known actors' birthdays on the 26th, the great Robert Davy, who was Commander Collier in Atlantis. He also starred in Profiler and is now knocking out old-school tunes. His latest album is Sinatra-themed. Also on the 26th, Ian Tracy, recently a winner of a Leo Award, and appeared in SG-1's Prometheus as Smith. He's also been in Continuum, Sanctuary, Hell on Wheels, Rogue, and Man of Steel. Paul Koslow has his birthday on the 27th. He was the quite nutty Terok in The Serpent's Venom, and was a very active performer back in the day on such shows as Walker, Texas Ranger, Hunter, MacGyver, Misfits of Science, and movies like Joe Kidd and Mr. Majestic. Zunteko, the Japanese-born actor, has his birthday on the 29th, he appeared in the early SG-1 episode Emancipation and was a very busy actor in the 80s on such shows as TJ Hooker, Airwolf, Magnum, Dynasty and MacGyver. Also on the 29th, Bradley Stryker will be celebrating his birthday. He played Curtis in three episodes of Stargate Universe as well as guest starring on Fringe, Arctic Air, Red Widow and Smallville. That's it for now. Let's return to Letters from Pegasus. Right, where we get going? Yep, we might as well jump straight in while everything's working. Yep. <laughs> Ever three, Ever a doe, Ever a hen, flicky. 
Fade out from mine, fade in on. Ah, Dark exploding. Yes, we lost two of the uh, expedition team members in that jumper explosion. Now the dart sent a transmission deep into space and then it self-destructed before we could get to it. We scanned the area with our deep space sensors. What are those? Wraith Hive ships. Three of them. Ooh, ominous. So I think a reading come across well in that episode, did he? He's still one of my favorites in Volantis, though. Just because of how much he upsets McKay half the time. Are you with Helen then on the not liking McKay? Well, we knew they were coming. At least now we know when. That's something. That's something? There's still time, Rodney. There's no reason to panic. No, I like McKay, but he's more fun when he's upset. <laughs> Agreed. Ah, uh, the table in safe mode. Ah, uh, the table in safe mode. Yeah, you do realize that somebody's job is to polish that every day. Well, maybe it's self polishing those little nanites. That's what I was just thinking, nanites. Forward in long sleeves, not showing off the muscles. He means business. Mm. Let's deal the kiddies, ZPM. <laughs> They'll never notice. We've already established that the ZPM is nearly depleted, but it could be of some limited use to us. You ask for suggestions. It's a matter of survival. I see. And McKay, since that's what he planned to do the first time around, is all for it. Yeah. <laughs> Bad McKay. I agree, Dr. Weir. If this is to be our end, it is best we face it with both dignity and honor. To that end, I actually have an idea in addition to panic. Let's hear it. It's really a long shot, but I think it's uh, most likely worth the effort. Of course, it'll mostly be my effort. So. What is it? I think we can send a message back to Earth through the Stargate. Distracted me sometimes, but the, the little earpiece, microphone pieces they're always wearing in Atlantis... That was a nice way around not having communicators or the little buttons on the shirt. Yeah, but it's nowhere near the mouth. It's up at the cheekbone. Is it picking up the uh, you know, noise through induction? Bluetooth earsets aren't, are they? No, it's just like Mike says, like a Bluetooth. I don't own one, but the microphone in them is a good three or four inches away from your mouth, and they work. Mine barely clears the edges of where my sideburns would be. Colonel Carter should be able to uh, decipher it on the other side. You're suggesting this now? Because it probably won't work, and there's a very good chance it could overload our NACWA generators in the process. Well, then we can't take the risk. It's a best suggestion. Don't suggest it until you're pretty sure that it's not going to blow up in your face. It's a lesson that McKay forgets. <laughs> Repeatedly? <laughs> Repeatedly, yeah. Besides, I spent the last few days working out ways of minimizing the risk. How many times is he going to say that? <laughs> How much information could we send? Everything. I mean, uh, mission reports from all the senior staff, uh, a ton of stuff on Atlantis, things we've learned in Pegasus. All that. 1.3 second burst, digital, not analog as the... <laughs> but if I can finesse the compression ratios, you'll be looking for things to add. Ooh, dramatic musical sting. Peer longingly across the table at each other. That wasn't a hard decision for Weir to actually make, so she had no. to do trouble making it this time. <laughs> I'd be worried if I was in the control room and they all came out walking purposefully like that. I'd get hey, well, something's up. Elizabeth... You realize that if Stargate Command was able to send help... I know. They would have. Yes. Well, they started. They got sidetracked a bit. Yeah, Vala got in the way. Yeah, and sort of uh, blown up-ish. <laughs> Especially if it's the last thing we do. That's a good line. Aww. <laughs> All right, then. Letters from Pegasus, Season 1, Episode 17, Gatecast 184. The episode was written by Carl Binder and directed by Mario Azapardi. We've got a Canadian air date as January the 10th, and the premiere is listed as February the 15th in the UK. Forget it, I'm not even bothered anymore about that. And March the 4th in the US, and our friends in France got it in 22nd of July. I do not have a date for the Australians this time around. 
Surprisingly enough, there are no other shows with episodes called Letters to Pegasus, so to fill in the time... Additional writers on this episode, Brad Wright, Paul Mully, Joseph Malozzi, Damien Kindler, Mary Kaiser, Martin Garrow, Peter DeLuise, Rob C. Cooper, and Jill Bloodvogel. Do they get writing credits for the clips? Yep. Yep, they do. Yeah, basically, the reason it says it's premiered in the UK is because Canada's not a real country. Ah, right. <laughs> a little Atlantis eye candy, and then the latest Xbox One game. They don't seem threatening as dots on a screen, do they? Ah, uh, they're not the Pac-Man. <laughs> Well, Daniel will be just squeezing them between his thumb and forefinger. Mm-hmm. I always wonder just how they got used to reading those screens with the information just across them all the time. Or they're stopping to feed along the way. The point is, the pattern is predictable. Sorry, I just bought a credit for Amanda. Yay. Who I'll be hugging in about. There does seem to be a lot of information being portrayed at once, which isn't obvious. Mm-hmm. I suppose a bit like the Matrix, and eventually mm-hmm. you learn to look at the raw code and see a blonde, a redhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that, that makes sense. That's good. No, I have my moments. Taylor and I were just deciding which planet to go to. I am familiar with the people of this world. Their stargate is in the open and so accessible by ship. (laughs) So much for them then. Yes. (laughs) Perhaps that planet would have been a good place to visit for resources. Okay. I see Joseph and Paul get consulting producer credits. I need the both of you here. Won't even stop at the duty free. The Lanky Mist is duty free. <laughs> you can say that's a wistful look immediately after Shepard said duty freeze. I think I got a low. I don't particularly think that's what was he, what he was worried about. This CGI shot costs a lot of money and we will use it as much as possible. Because it looks good. It's really clear and clean and stuff. Yeah, it's a cool shot. How many other sci fi shows do we have a shuttlecraft coming down right in front of the command? <laughs> be asking who the hell designed this system well, that's a good point you know let's have the command office near the gate which will allow the transmission of energy i.e. weapons fire both ways yeah let's not have our command thing you know maybe in a bunker then they can't see what's happening they have to watch through cameras and it's not as much fun now isn't that a interesting look on elizabeth's face as the jumper enters the gate and leaves feelings for shepherd father taylor's here oh that's nice hmm Nice composite shot of the planet. Uh, are these annoying, precocious children, Mike? No, they just want candy. Where's McKay? We want McKay interacting with kids. Fun, watch the awkwardness. Too many. Look at you. You're so different. Much has changed since my last visit. This is Major John Shepard and Oren. Pleased to meet you. Oren, played by Terence Kelly, Canadian actor. He was also in the Stargate SG-1 episode Space Race. Been in Caprica, Eureka, Supernatural, Smallville, and Watchmen. The CEO of the company in Space Race? Yep, that's him. That was my first episode with you guys. Yes. <laughs> it seems they're awakening everywhere. You should tell your people to take precautions in case they do come. I will. Yes, in short. You're going to die! Run away! That the Wraith will track us down wherever we go. There will be no escape. What about through the Stargate? The cullings are taking place on many worlds. None are safe. Even we have taken in refugees. If they do come, stay far from the Stargate. Take your family to the far tree line there and wait for us. Taylor. One family, Major, that is all I ask. That's the spirit. Yes. <laughs> You've got a day or so. Have a party. Works for me. Yes. Sorry, kid, you won't grow up. <laughs> Maybe they won't feed on you if you're hungover bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't fancy that one. Leave him. <laughs> if there's time. Then we must hurry. Lay the guilt on him. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to bat my eyelashes in a bit. <laughs> Brace yourself. I'm going to contradict you in front of civilians. Yep. <laughs> Make promise more than you want to deliver. All right, we have our city specs, mission reports, and tactical assessments all ready to go. What else? Well, I've included a ton of data that we've been able to decipher from the ancient database. Really? <laughs> she sounds surprised. <laughs> well, the algorithm I've devised is extraordinarily efficient, yes. Oh, please. Well, that must be. In order to fit all that data in 1.3 seconds. 0.3 seconds, actually. We have a whole extra second to fill? Mm, a whole extra one, yes. I am a genius, of yes. course. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'm super smart. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he was doing the Scotty bit. 1.3 seconds. Yeah. Hmm. Well, considering you put a good chunk of the database yeah. in, God knows how big that is. And how long it'll take Stargate Command to unravel that. Yeah. And Jeff's suddenly in a cave. Yeah. What if Sam Carter's on vacation? I, I know it's rare, but occasionally. She could be gone fishing with Jack. For the first time, she leaves the base. I just posted about the, on the Facebook group about the fishing with, with Sam and Jack. That was a different table, wasn't it? I think it was. There must be two brief. There's got to be two briefing rooms. Uh, yeah, because this one's got a window. The other one didn't have a window. Yeah, that would explain it. A slightly larger briefing room and a smaller one. It doesn't make sense to keep changing the table around. Yeah. As soon as Link and I can get uh, Jumper Four's engines tied into the grid, we should be able to do a low-power dry run. Good. Rodney? Hmm? You don't want to send a message to anyone? You know what? Maybe with all my uh, spare time, I'll just uh, record a message myself. Hmm? You? Yes. Good, good. Really long shot of the inside of the jumper there. Yeah, it's a bit of forced perspective, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that big. Looks like there's room for three or four people behind the, the pilot bringing it to the back end of the back half of the ship. Yes. In the early days, there were about two inches. <laughs> oh, dear. Taylor's a bit miffed. A dear friend was in danger of being taken by the Wraith. Would you have not done the same? Not if it jeopardized the mission. So in fighting the Wraith, we are to give up that which makes us different from them? I agreed to stop and pick him up if there was time, but only if there was time. Taylor's very miffed. That's the sort of promise you can make, though, isn't it? If there's time, and I'm the one that decides if there's time... If I'm not, if I'm not going to be too much of a douche, I might pick him up. <laughs> can only fight the battles you can win. Well, he didn't put a gel in here today, so maybe he's not a... Not a uh, that's a bit too close for comfort. Uh, well... Da, 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 da. Not quite the Star Destroyer. Destiny, like, shape to that, wasn't it? What kind of shape? From the angle it was shot, it looked a bit like Destiny. And we've got the Hive ships and the cruisers. I mean, we saw one of those cruisers crash. That's a lot of ships. It's a whole lot of ships for harvesting a planet. There aren't that many people on the planet, I would think. Well, the certainly won't be when they finish. <laughs> well, like they say, they're uh, on the way to Atlanta, so this is just kind of a, a rest stop. Okay, yeah, that's right. Get this thing turned around. See, now, where's the gate? Oh, yes, it's on the planet. Oopsie. <laughs> they're heading for the planet. All aboard the gravy train. Next stop, the undefended planet over there. And no playing with your food. Okay, recording. Plenty of battery. So why am I not seeing anything? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> ah, Ford. Not the most technologically enabled or clever boy he is, Ford. <laughs> nice generic uniform. Yep, could be anywhere. Okay, the background looks a bit off, but yeah. we'll let that pass. It really could just be a really high-tech office. Yeah. It's me, Aiden, obviously. I'm talking to you from a place far, far from home. I'm good, though. You don't have to worry. Life here is 
pretty routine. I'm wondering, did they replicate the style? Because if you recall, Amanda Carter, Amanda Carter, yeah, let's just go complete it, mash the fucking <laughs> names there. Thank you, brain. You see, my brain's sort of going, I'm seeing you in three weeks, squee. So, um, Sam looked really, really awkward on camera. Oh, that. That was for potentially public consumption. Mm. If you were making just a recording for the records. Mm. Yeah, these are messages direct to their families if the DOE yeah. allows them to go through. I wish I could tell you all about it. Who knows? One day maybe I'll be able to. But I want you both to know that you're right here. Always. All the time. Of course, he's been selective on the clips. Mm -hmm. <laughs> None of them that makes him look a bit silly. <laughs> he's reminiscing. I, don't, I doubt the clips are going in with the... Uh... Yeah. I think the clips are just to help the viewers know what he's talking about when he references stuff. Mm. That's for perspective. That looks huge. That looks about 20 foot wide. Yeah. Weird angles for this episode. Whoa. <laughs> oh, that was close. I've always assumed the jumper was a little more manoeuvrable than that. thought so as well. I've heard stories of the Wraith dialing in to prevent their victims from using the Stargate as a means of escape. So we're stuck here. Once the ship is rendered invisible again, we will be perfectly safe. Worried about getting the intel about the Wraith fleet back to Atlantis. They will keep dialing in through the night at the very least. But if we wait in the location I told Orin and his family to meet us, That's then... That's where I'm headed. Why didn't John go through it? Well, could it open from the other side? Because it's incoming. Oh, okay. It kind of goes flat. <laughs> Without the subtitles, I didn't miss that in the dialogue. I must warn you, I'm not very good at this sort of thing. Well, don't worry. The only people who see it is going to be your family. Aye, and you in the US military. Well, give it a shot. What shall I say? No, this wasn't planned at all. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, cousin. Here's the awkward. You faked a Scottish accent, the rest would be easy. <laughs> Doc, I got a lot of people I gotta get to. <sighs> Alright, uh... I suppose I could say hello to my mother. Good, there you go. Alright. You ready? <clears throat> okay, go. Hello, Mum. I hope this message finds you well. I trust your petunias are in full bloom by now. Oh, and I do hope you're keeping up with the ointment I gave you. If you've adhered to the regime, the fungus should have cleared up by now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like Simon Pegg, but I would love to have seen him play Scotty. Yeah, he would have been good at Scotty. He's not an actual Scot, though, is he? No, Simon Pegg isn't. At least, he was born in Scotland. <laughs> She's very delicate, my mother. Puts down a fifth of scotch every night. Yeah. <laughs> if I get upset, then she'll get upset, and I can't have that. It's it's not like we're live, Doc. I mean, you don't like what we put on tape the first time. We can always do it again. We can. Sure. Yeah, it's always like a trooper. <laughs> well, I suppose I could do that then. All right. Here we go. Okay. Yes, Ford. Um. Now, why did Ford get picked for this? Short straw, I think. Uh, it seems kind of odd. He was the one put in. I missed you. Terrible. Hold it together, Carson. Don't crack on us now. I can't do this! <laughs> oh, 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 dear. I'm going to leave most of these short little uh, interviews that they have intact. They're worth watching. Again, the uh, same composite, just with the lights turned down low. Buildings look a little awkward in that composite. Yeah. She's still looking miffed. Yeah, she's not happy. 
What? Not long ago, you would have blithely left him behind. The situation has changed. Earlier today, Lieutenant Ford suggested we steal from a community of children. It's because they have a ZPM and we can bring them back. Only to face death in Atlantis. Look, Ford and I are military. We spent a lot of our lives learning how to survive. I've spent my life surviving the Wraith. Part of that training is knowing who you can save and who you can't. And that decision is yours alone. I said that I'd wait for your friend if there was time. Now there's time. Yeah, just getting a hard and fast look at the military mind. You know, no matter what I want to do, if I've got to leave them to die, I will leave them to die. And I, I don't think Taylor's people have ever been attacked in her lifetime by more than a jumper or two at a time. There we go. Zelenka. Nad ně moře. Ane, failsafe. Mechanismus. Failsafe. Yeah. Obrovskou silou vytrhl kotvu města ze dna oceánu. My jsme, zhrozili jsme, jsme, zhrozili jsme se to. Neuvěřitelný, co se to děje? A ten hluk, celé město se třáslo, jako při zemětřesení. To bylo něco neuvěřitelný. David Nichol is Czech, obviously he's speaking in his native language. Celé město stoupalo, stoupalo nahoru, nahoru k ladinu. And again, and again, and again. That was a good effect there. Punch into the water. Prorazili hladinu a věli jsme nahoru, nahoru a vody, vlny. Vodopády, všechno teče z těch vejšek a vy, vystřeli jsme nahoru úplně, úplně na vršek. A very emotive language, you know, with hands. He's really getting into it. Sluníčko, prostě. Proudilo do všech vlaků. Do smrti, do smrti na to nezapomenu. Look at that, the wonder on his face. You didn't say anything that would require security clearance, did you? Security clearance? It reminds me of some science fiction movie where they're telling Star Wars, but you can't understand the language, but you get what he's saying. <laughs> if memory serves, didn't Taylor say before that the darts scream to induce, purely because they can, to induce fear in yeah. the... Uh, do victims that are afraid taste nicer? They get them to run to get the adrenaline running before you put them in hibernation. Hmm. They seem to be making a big job of this small settlement. Obviously, they're hitting planet-wide, but there's a lot of darts for what looks like very... If you saw the invasion force, there were hundreds of darts. Well, yeah, spread over the whole world. Looks like they're picking that planet clean. Yeah, they're not planning on going back. They're going to take everything. Whereas before, they may leave a few people behind to rebreed. Is that because they're planning on going to Earth after Atlantis? Yeah, I think they're stocking up. They're expecting another war. Yeah. They don't haven't quite realised uh, how small the contingent on Atlantis is. And I'm probably never going to see him again. Why make it worse than it has to be? That's not what this is about, man. That's exactly what this is about. Who's this? Sergeant Bates. Dean Marshall plays Sergeant Bates. Nine episodes of Stargate Atlantis. Never really liked his character. Alison Venezio, dancer chick, 1982. That episode is incredibly moving, especially when Elizabeth sends letters to the families of those who died during the first... Dot, dot, dot. I'm assuming that will continue. Lieutenant Ford. Ah, you ready to record your message? Already done. Actually, I, uh... Took the liberty of doing mine in private. Continued year of the expedition, and when internal call Carter says they received a transmission from Atlantis, I got shivers. So cool. Yeah, of course McKay's made his own tape. He's probably juiced it and added music and testimonials. Twenty times longer than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So, um, who's it for? Humanity in general, my sister. Look, I don't expect you to cut it down to just a few minutes. I mean, there is gold in here. So just make sure mine's last, and that way if it gets cut off, fine. But uh, if the gate holds the connection a few extra milliseconds, then we won't waste the time. Well, I look forward to it. Well, 
Enjoy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, you know, in Red Dwarf, Arnold Rimmer and his... <laughs> you get the impression he's... That looks like a toupee. <laughs> he's strapped in the vest, too, so he can look like Action Man. <clears throat> and in. Five, four, three. Oh, look at that, they pose. This is Dr. Rodney McKay speaking to you from my base of operations in the lost city of Atlantis, located deep within the Pegasus galaxy. Bow down and kiss my shoes. <laughs> from my secret volcano lab. <laughs> to quote Big Bang Theory, you know, he's one lab accident away from being a supervillain. Pretty much. <laughs> Dare I say, hellbent, in keeping with the metaphor, on our destruction. We will do our best to stave off their attack, but I am afraid that defeat is all but inevitable. I and the other members of my team face the most horrific deaths imaginable as our our very lives are are sucked from our chests in a in a biblical proportion <laughs> oh ben yeah. oh dear mckay okay starting again starting again uh for just just cut that right the writers got to dust all the bad melodramatic words they haven't been able to use <laughs> years in the speech yeah Oh, by the way, you know where I am, but this badge I'm wearing on my shoulder, <laughs> that says Atlantis. Ignore it. Well, it says Tiz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're still at it. Oh. I wish they would have explained what the hell that was. But what could they have that would do that on that planet? Yeah. They set up that mystery. They even had John go and investigate it. Hmm. But it was never duplicated on any pulling again. It looks like a ring beam. Or possibly something boring into the car. Now, doesn't opening the door compromise the cloak? No. Because the door's inside the cloak. They've established that a long time ago. It should. <laughs> yeah, it should, but let's not go into that. <laughs> Here we go, McKay's having a take two. <laughs> the friendly approach. He's trying the Churchill version. <laughs> I'm Dr. Rodney McKay of the Atlantis Expedition, and as the facts of our heroic struggle against the Wraith and our untimely demise... I love it, and he's made no. Oh, dear God. I'd like to pass along some final thoughts. Sincere. Now, my extensive education, training, and first-hand experience in the field of astrophysics has given me a unique perspective that few on Earth or, uh, well, on any other planet, for that matter, can match. You can trust me. By the way, what do you think of this 1990 four-door sedan? (laughs) Well, no, this is the McKay for President speech. (laughs) A subject that is both near and dear to my heart. Uh, This is Nobel Prize acceptance speech. Leadership. (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Markham. My name is Dr. Elizabeth Weir, and your son was a member of my expedition team. It is with deep regret that I have to inform you that he was killed in the line of duty just a few days ago. Yeah, so you get all the funny bits and all of a sudden, bang, it hits you. Oh, wow, yeah. She's the only one who's dressed up for this, really, though. Messages to families of the dead. Oh, good point. There goes Markham. Again, like I said in that episode, that was a stupid way to die. Is there a non-stupid way to die? Actually engaging a dart intelligently and firing first when you've got long-range sensors on the jumper. Dr. Dumace was a part of something very profound. She saw and did things she never would have dreamed of before. Son, knowing that he died bravely while defending others. I confess I didn't know him as well as I could have, but I do know he was well-liked and very well-respected among his peers. And I was told of how often he spoke of his family. I do wish I could tell you more. They've lost quite a few, all yeah. things considered. Oh, the awful. Yeah. Sorry, guys, but... <laughs> now, that was a stupid death. That was just that was. purely senseless and random. Which a lot of death is. Shepard made up for by killing, what, 50 of them? True, yeah. <laughs> he probably didn't expect this. 
Just give me a moment, please, Lieutenant. Oh, I like this one. <laughs> I am keeping busy with my job. I work hard like everyone else to ensure the success of this expedition. And also to please the leader of our science no, no, team. No, 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 no. This sequence first, and then the secondary code, unless you're intentionally trying to blow us up, in which case, excellent work. He does not always remember my name, but I have enjoyed working for him very much. What is this? What is this? Kiwi? Who made this? You make this? Miko Kazunagi is the character name, played by Minami Hara. She's been in the 4400, Da Vinci's Inquest, Love Lessons, and the DC Sniper. Does she fancy me, Kay? Cramp, cramp, cramp. That's not bad. Only 30 seconds on the entire series, but yeah. that's a, a memorable 30 seconds. <laughs> a cute blonde. Short blonde hair. He's into that. Yeah, blondes with short hair. I wonder. <laughs> the short hair. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm thinking of you in my last moments. Samantha Carter, if you're watching, the torch is still burning. Sadly, soon to be extinguished. But, uh, you know, you should know. I think you are just so... Uh, well, you're great. You're really, really great. And uh, I would go so far as saying that you're the hottest scientist I've ever worked with. In fact, there's probably not a night that goes by that I don't uh, find myself... Uh, okay, Ford, uh, let's, let's lose that. And uh, let's get back to... Uh... Anyone in the odds that Jack pulls strings to get that bit cut from the official video? Yeah, Sam never sees a bit. <laughs> cringe, cringe, cringe. She still seems a little upset, and granted this world is being cored and whatnot, but... Oh, see, and that's mildly worrying. Sound travels through the cloak. Possibly one way. Maybe. The cloak is to audio what mirror is to... Oh, dear. It's a good cloak, though. You know, you'd think maybe you'd feel the weight of the jumper. There's something not quite right. Well, they, they did establish the Wraith are at least partially psychic. You'd think he'd pick up on Taylor's life signs, so to speak. Now, wouldn't this be an awful time for your phone to go off? Whatever you do, do not move, and especially do not sneeze. Yeah, that jacket, the sleeves are way too long again. Mm. Oh, Gavinar. And the dangerous tables. Yes. <laughs> Who all be watching this? He really hasn't let dressing down by Weir go. Mm. Will anyone from Atlantis be viewing this? No. Messages are private. You can get as mushy as you want. He is the biggest tool in the Pegasus galaxy. This is a message for General Jack O'Neill of Stargate Command. I feel it is my duty to inform you of what I consider to be serious errors in judgment among the leaders of this expedition. Most notably, Dr. Elizabeth Weir. Her actions have repeatedly and recklessly exposed the people of this expedition to extreme danger leading us directly to the grave situation we currently find ourselves in. You know what? How about I leave the room and let you record your whining in private? <laughs> I've made a list. I've checked it twice. <laughs> Shooting Ford. Nobody will mind. Nobody will no, mind. No one, no. Ford's not even subtle with his reaction, and Kavanaugh doesn't care. You were saying Joseph and Paul uh, really enjoyed writing them as a complete total tool. There's nothing renewable about his character to like. He has zero redeeming features. Yes. The only good thing is uh, he recently starred in Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome and it kind of redeemed his... Well, it redeemed the actor, to be honest. <laughs> I haven't seen Blood and Chrome yet. It was a pretty good Battlestar Galactica offshoot. Could have made a decent 13-episode off-season for Sci-Fi Channel. 
This is an epic. <laughs> Never care for dogs. Too much work, too needy, too unpredictable. I mean, you leave one door open, the tiniest little cracks, and they're gone. You look for them, you put up flyers, it's no use. And since your father refused to pay for a license, the animal shelter has no way of tracking It's like he's in a hammock or something. That's why he became a cat person then. Hmm. Now, cats, now that's a whole different story. The cats are uh, self-sufficient, they're dependable, you shake the box, they come running. Cynic would say it's because of the food, but my cat, see, I truly believe he enjoys my company. There's something very comforting about coming home from work at the end of the day and having a, a familiar face waiting for you, you know? Still, I digress. Where was I? Uh, right. Leadership. Well, one of the guys who was involved with Tretmate Family of Podcast posted a picture of his pixel, the podcasting dog, this morning. <laughs> I replied that. No more cats. <laughs> Nothing wrong with cats. <laughs> That was before a dog would sit quietly while you podcasted. I have very clear memories of Jacob, who does anything but sit quietly. That beam is boring down to the earth or something somehow. It's the only thing that makes sense. Planet, not earth. The dirt. Oh, well that's a bit risky, isn't it? She knows the, they've got foot patrols, and perhaps their sensors, you know, running on wide beam, pick that mm. up. We're going to disappear again? There we go. I'm kind of surprised you bothered to take off the cloak and not just pop out. Seriously? They're drawn screaming. Please fasten your seatbelts and refrain from using any electronic devices. The wraith are everywhere. Here, drink this. It is water. Orin, have you seen him? Not since before the wraith arrived. Thank you. We must go now, the wraith will find us. No, they will not. The leader here, Arja, is played by Peter Graham Gowdrow. He's been in Rookie Blue, Fringe, Blood Ties, The Cold Squad. He looks like he should be in, uh, oh, Blue Bloods. He's pretty average looking Joe. Be a cop, kind of pretty much whatever he needs to be. Just needs a New York accent and a uniform. Finally, I would like to say something to the families of every member of this expedition. I wish I could tell you more about what your loved ones are doing. And someday I hope you find out. Because you will be amazed. But I will tell you that I could not be more proud of each and every one of them. Their heroism has amazed me. Yeah, this is taking a while, isn't it? <laughs> one thing that bothered me with her office were the, the little object behind her there. They looked Central American, brought them with her. Well, there were three and a couple of mountains. <laughs> yes. Ah, McKay. Of course, this is heroism from mostly the lead characters. Well, yeah, they're the heroes. Ow. <laughs> Their resourcefulness has staggered me. You're going to say nice little montage with the, the music playing? They did a lot for this first season. I mean, they... I think SG had a better first season than SG1, but of mm-hmm. course they've got a lot of the groundwork already laid beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I agree, I think SGA did have a better first season, but they also had a whole lot of extra background. That they... And lots of heroic music. Let's not forget the heroic music. Music is very heroic. We face a terrible enemy and an uncertain future. But if we are never heard from again, know that your loved ones did not face that uncertainty alone. We are facing our future together. She's getting a nice little collection of the natives. Good job the jumper's so big. This is definitely a larger jumper. Kayla keeping a lookout for John. And would you look at that smile? Here's Shepard. 
Yeah, does Shepard know precisely where it is, or is he going to end up tripping over it? <laughs> yeah, remember where you parked. I mean, you have a point. Whatever this machine uses for landing struts would leave a mark like it did in Star Trek IV. Hmm. It's pretty ugly out there. Is this Warren's family? No. They have not seen Warren since the column began. Well, the village is pretty much wiped out. Remember during the storm episode, the doctor was adjusting the gravity on the ship to hold it down to the earth during the hurricane. Yeah, that's a bit complicated, isn't it? Well, it is, but... I mean, a heavy wind could blow it away. Mm -hmm. Wow, so much room there this time. Chair behind Shepard there. If he was able to get here, he'd be here by now. We gotta get back. Ooh. Jeez, dang. <laughs> then go. I will stay and search in the daylight. You can return for me later. Can't do that. I consider Oren as family, Major. I am sorry if you do not understand what that I means. I understand it, Taylor, but that's not the point With I'm trying... With or without you, I am staying. Yeah, up until now, you had a pretty good relationship here. <laughs> you won't make it. Then I ask that you stay as well. Just a little longer. That's it. Lay on the guilt. Allow something good to come of this. All right. That was a fine <laughs> sucker. Poor old John doesn't even know when he's been beat. I know you worry about me, Mum, but somehow we've found a way to rise to each challenge. Just me, or does it look like someone squashed the one side of his head? He's got a bit of bed head going, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's had a, he had a quick kip. We represent the people of Earth. And if there's one thing I've discovered about we Earthlings, we're a scrappy bunch. I wouldn't be surprised if I bring guns. You can't say Earthlings. Mother doesn't have security clearance. She knows I'm from Earth, son. It's not a bloody secret. <laughs> there's logic. He's really got the irascible doctor down, hasn't he? Yeah. In clear violation of the Geneva Convention, authorized lowering the Stargate shield when the authenticity of incoming travellers was clearly in question. <laughs> Kafner always has a point, though. That's the problem with him. To be fair, when you've travelled as much as I've travelled, you'd think the missing Niagara Falls would be no big deal. But you know what? It gnaws at you. A lot of movies I wish I'd seen, won't see now. Never saw Grease, even though I had a thing for Olivia Newton-John when I was a kid. Always wanted to see Gandhi. Only saw the first half of The Sixth Sense. Always wonder how that ended. <laughs> how did that happen? How did that end? Sister. Ford, if you cut everything else, just, just um, keep this part, okay? Jeannie, it's your brother, Rodney. There we go. You get another mention of his sister? Yep. I want to say, um... I want to, I want to say something. Uh, family is important. I, I've come to realize that because the people here have become a sort of a... kind of surrogate family to me. And I know what you're thinking. I've never really been the poster child for that kind of sentiment, but uh, when, when one's contemplating one's own demise, one tends to see things more clearly. Perhaps you should have started there, Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> I really do wish you the best, you know? And I'm sorry we weren't closer. Perhaps, um... If by chance I make it out of this, perhaps one day we can be. And I would like that. Now, if there's time, I'd like to go back to, uh... the subject of leadership. Yeah, rather than going over your conquests, such as they were. <laughs> Rodney didn't have any conquests. Mind you, I think when he finally did get a conquest, he got a doozy. Fantastic, we got a payoff from mm -hmm. those couple of lines. Really good payoffs, too. Those episodes were good ones. Yeah. Warren! Warren! How big is his family? He must have met up with others along the way. That's going to be a problem. 
I didn't think you'd still be here. We would not have gone without you. We found others on the way, and even more further behind. How many more? Twelve, perhaps more. Lots of someone's. Let's be honest, these Wraith, you know, they're kind of the B team, aren't they? A lot of these natives have escaped. I would imagine the darts have pretty sophisticated life form sensors. What I figure is, the Wraith are basically, it's like they're dipping into the bottle of popcorn and gorging themselves, and a few kernels get dropped on the floor. Better way to look at it, I think. Straight ahead, straight ahead! Well, you'd think there'd be <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh oh. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Here they come. Yep. So close, yet so far. Zap. Run away! <laughs> Run away from the jumper. Run away. <laughs> Get in the invisible machine. That's a good point. Why doesn't the, the little teleporter for the jumper go through the cloak? Because the cloak's just blocking visual. You don't think the race are going to notice? Yeah, where'd they go? <laughs> I think it's safe to say it does a lot more than just plain visual light. It can't block sensors, because otherwise your sensor would actually indicate in a dead spot. Mm. You know, like light, it's literally, you know, either bending the light around so you don't perceive what's hiding, or or it's really science fiction and the light and the photons are going straight through the jumper. Mm. I'll go with real science fiction, because we're talking about the ancients and the Atlanteans. Yeah. <laughs> well, Firefly made a reference. Did it? Yeah, there's a point at which they say yes, because it sounds a bit, someone think, watch this, it sounds a bit like science fiction and... You live in a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> I say the fact that I do this podcast with you guys is kind of science fiction -y. You know, this is a 1930s Flash Gordon science fiction where things don't quite work right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not 2001 and 2010. <laughs> Good. So tell me, how bad is it? Bad. Yeah, the bad news. Very bad news. Each hive ship acts like a carrier group with... Cruisers and hundreds of darts escorting it. Groden's downloading the sensor readings right now. I've never witnessed a culling that took so many. Yes, obviously that settlement had thousands of people in it. That's why it took them so long. It didn't look like it was that big of a settlement. No, it didn't. Maybe there are multiple uh, settlements in a sort of agricultural economy. You can't have too high a population density. I mean, for all we know, it could be medieval culture. A couple of million people spread across the whole planet. That's about what I would expect. It's probably the second or third generation of people that have been called and uh, redeveloped. Okay. Well, then, along with a short note of my own, I took the liberty of recording messages to the families of the people we've lost. That's a good idea. But there's one in particular I thought maybe you'd like to do yourself. Yeah, put him on the spot with this one. You killed him. Yeah. I'm not doing the uh, message for this one. Okay, whenever you're ready, sir. Go ahead. I'm not sure if Colonel Sumner's parents are still alive. Not sure he even has a family back there. Not all of us do. But if he does have a family, they should know that he died with honor and courage in the performance of his duty. He carried the burden of a leader, and he carried it well. Is his duty to do with those commanding officer now? Yes. And, I repeat, he killed him. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. <laughs> Considering the type of man he was and what we're up against... I wish he was still here. Not a day goes by that I don't think of you, Simon. There's so much I want to tell you and share with you, but I can't. Oh, she got all emotional. I know this is unfair. So much you don't know. 
been putting your life on hold for me. Well, to be fair, he does know quite a bit mm. because he was giving clearance, and when he finally, you know, tried to call her, she had already disconnected and gone. Right, because he had enough clearance to be invited for a later trip. Yeah. Mm. My heart is looking after you. So take care of yourself. Lots of sleep. Remember your daily walks. And keep up with your prescription. <laughs> well, that's about it. I'll say goodbye now. And mum, I do love you. Bye, grandma, grandpa. I miss you. Goodbye, bro. There's a large one. Goodbye. Goodbye, Simon. Goodbye. <laughs> Walter, he's glued to that seat. Yep, I saw Gary Jones's credit. Receiving transmission. Yay, Walter. Who's it from? Atlantis. And Sam with typical end season bad hair. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> and how much do I get paid for this? What? Nothing? <laughs> I wonder if this is what eventually redeems Shepard with the IOC and with the military. Without giving too much away, you've got to assume that when they do get the reinforcements, the commander has seen this recording. Mm-hmm. And I know she argued for him as well, I remember that. They could have ended the season with this. They could have, but that would have gone against Stargate's tendency to end on a horrific cliffhanger. <laughs> this is a horrific cliffhanger. <laughs> this isn't a Stargate cliffhanger, it doesn't count. And that was Letters from Pegasus. Eight. I was just counting the number of episodes they had excerpts from. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get you thought I was just shouting random numbers. Well, okay, let's see. Rising, Hide and Seek, 38 Minutes, Suspicion, Poisoning the Well, Underground, Storm, The Eye, The Defiant One, Hot Zone, Brotherhood. That's uh, not, they weren't all listed in the credit then. The inspiration for this episode came, well, it's believed it came from an American TV show called Dear America, Letters Home from Vietnam. I never saw that, but that makes sense. I'd never really heard of it before, but I imagine something like that would be pretty significant during that era. Mm-hmm. It's also something you'd probably think appeared on MASH at some point. If I remember correctly, Letters Home from Vietnam was something NPR or PBS did 80s or 90s. So it was 20 or 30 years after the Vietnam War. Oh, right. Yeah. This morning, driving home, I was listening to Prometheus Unbound, the last episode I'd, I recorded with you guys. Mm-hmm. And... The three of us, while Vala and Michael Shanks were, Daniel, were, were fighting, it was like we were watching a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> what else could you do, really? That's a lovely expression on Amanda's face there in that photo you posted. The one that Jeff commented on about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay then, folks, that was Letters from Pegasus. Next week, we're back on SG-1 schedule with uh, The Reckoning Part 2. Carter and Jacob calibrate the ancient's weapon to destroy the replicators. Mind probed by Replicator, Daniel discovers his buried memories and takes control of the replicators invading the SGC in the temple on Dakara. He's able to stop them long enough to let Jacob activate the weapon and finally destroy the replicators. That's just poorly written even by those standards. I can't really make it overly dramatic, sorry. Yeah, it kind of gives it away. If you didn't know what happens, you do now. Yeah. Really a good summary of the episode overall. Followed by Threads, a episode which frankly makes Back to the Future 2 look simple and non-confusing. <laughs> Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? 
I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Time for a little bit of feedback. As always, thank you, Brad, for commenting on Reckoning Part 1 via Facebook. He said, And here we go, the beginning of what was meant to be the end. Great 40 minutes of television with the team split up doing what they do best. The shot of the temple at Decorah is one of my favourite CGI backgrounds in SG-1, and the replicators finally come at us. I replied, yes, they did pretty much throw everything into the mix. Brad replied, haven't confirmed, but I think most of this season's budget went into this trilogy of episodes, and it shows. So beautiful. Jeff also confirmed the status of MREs. Just listening to the Brotherhood episode of Atlantis and caught Alan's question re-MREs. They are rations, as Mike stated. Meals ready to eat. Brad replied, yep, that's them. Still got a couple in my pantry from my days in the force. Don't know when I'll open them, since there's no use-by date. Maybe on my 10th anniversary of joining. Jeff replied, I've eaten a few on camping trips. Brad, you would have been well prepared to eat by then. Most of the time I had to eat them cold because no naked flames allowed on exercise. And I replied, well, there's always the dwarf bread. Many thanks to everyone that has kept us busy on Twitter. Again, it's proven to be the most active means of communicating within the Target community. But kudos to everyone posting on Facebook, Google+, and the Gatecast website. Big thank you to Newchess for her acknowledgement of us playing a promo. Always nice to hear. We always get a warm and fuzzy feeling when we get some feedback on the show, so if you'd like to send us something, then please do so. We'll endeavour to include it in the next show, or relevant show if that's more appropriate. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using generic Stargate, or more specifically Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular, and you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website, gatecast.co.uk, which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together. Right, now, Hungry Alan is hungry. I haven't eaten since about 11, which is just about what time it is for you, coming on for noon. 10.30, I still have to go to work yet. <laughs> on a personal note, during Slayercast the other day, we looked up Nicholas Brandon, and he's actually three months older than me. Okay. Last time I was over there, well, not the last time, time before, I seem to be going over there once a year now. It's what it seems like since I started listening to the podcast, yeah. Well, I went to the 2011 meetup, and then I went to the 2012 Dragon Con, and then I went to Phoenix Comic Con. So yeah, it's been once a year for the past three years. If I'm going to travel that far, I'll never just go to one place. I tried a Twinkie, I couldn't get more than two bites into it. It just tasted so unbelievably awful. I'm going to go and buy bread to accompany my dinner. Come try ya! Okay, thank you for joining us for Letters from Pegasus. I hope you join us next week. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Jeff. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Hey.